Hey guys, I'd like to thank Anchor for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain real quick. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcasting platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's just everything you need to make a podcast with, all in one place. Go hop on over to the App Store and get the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks again. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Monetize. We're back with Heston. How's it going, guys? Um, so, we haven't done the podcast in a while. You and I haven't talked in a little bit. No. Kind of in general. Um, you were on the first episode and we talked a lot about the business you were starting, Chefin. Yes. In Bermuda. And since then, how long ago was that, you think? Probably like at least a month now. Because Yeah, probably a month, month and a half. I haven't done an episode for like two weeks. And yes. then we did like I did four episodes total. So yeah, like month and a half. So how is that how's the process coming along? Like where are you in the process of launching a business now? Well, I'm almost ready, actually. Um, the business bank account's getting taken care of. Uh, I should have it on Monday, maybe Tuesday next week. Um, the lady called me, who's working on it, a couple times today, and she was like, I just need to ask you a couple questions about this and this. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. My packaging should be arriving next Friday, all the packaging and everything. Yeah. Um, the website's almost ready. I've still got to do some work to it. Uh, I've just got a couple more things to do and, and then I'm good to go. Great. So it, it didn't take you that long really to get this thing up and running. Uh, well, I didn't start a month ago, right? Um, yeah, how long ago did you start? It's probably been in the process. What's it's mm, April now, probably five months. Okay. Uh, so I've you've been put really in hauling ass for like four months. Yeah. So you've, you've put in a lot of work because you've really made this your priority over that course of five months, as you just said, right? Hauling ass. Uh, as much as I can. Yeah. yeah. When I don't let other things interrupt it. Um, you and I kind of going towards making this your priority and like scheduling time out for it or you have whatever, whatever you have to do. Um, you and I talked about a little bit. I remember you mentioned something to me about um, when you have a goal but you're busy in that day trying to just get, you know, spending a certain like 10 minutes on that goal can really yeah. help with your, like the, just how you feel about you accomplishing stuff. Yeah. I well, that I was feel really like, interesting. I feel like you don't let the habit slip, you know? Right. When if you, you just do, do one thing, even right, as small a as it may be, day. you've still worked on it. So I think that that's yeah, really like, interesting. I actually, that's, that's, I totally understand that because I, me and my friend Logan started learning French recently. Right. together kind of like competing with each other um just through duolingo and really i feel like sometimes from day to day i usually don't have time to spend like an hour a day learning right. french right i usually have way more important things to do because it's not like i'm moving to france so i don't really need to learn this language um well. and so <laughs> you never know <laughs> so the motivation isn't really there all the time because i'm like why am i taking this time out of my day yes to, to learn this yeah. Um, but yeah, I usually do. I really try to do five to 10 minutes a day, hopefully like half an hour. You know what I mean? If but you can. yeah, sometimes I can only do that 10 minutes because I just have, you know, other things to do. Yeah. All this other stuff to do. So how's yeah, that been working out? Really good. I feel, I mean, every time you get a lesson done, Duolingo is really, um, rewarding. 
itself. It's designed mm-hmm. in actually a really good way. Like the first day I did it, I did it probably for like an hour, like two hours, right? Probably because I was so it was like late at night and I was just so addicted to the reward system. Yeah, and like they almost how it gamified felt. it, right? Yeah, it's very gamified and also it's just super satisfying to complete a lesson. Yes, and then like do another and then complete this whole section of of the language essentially right because they break it up into like people and activities and stuff like that right. i've heard mixed um, things about duolingo from like an actual le- language learning perspective but yeah um, i mean you got to respect what they've done yeah no i mean it's a really smart the only other it. thing like them that i can think of that was as big not even as big but was more or less you know known uh widely was like rosetta stone almost yeah, Rosetta Stone. So I watched this guy. There's this guy on YouTube that is really good at, I think it's Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like crazy good at it. And I believe he's from America. And he's crazy good at Mandarin. So he goes around, like his videos are mostly him going around and like speaking perfect Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, like those videos. Yeah. Like stunning people, right? Yeah. And like the locals are like really surprised on like how perfect his accent is and stuff like that. Yeah. Pronunciation and grammar. I don't know. Mandarin is like hard. So I have, I have no idea what he's even <laughs> talking about. Um, but uh, yeah. So he went on, he knows multiple different languages, but he went, he did a video where he sat down and reviewed a bunch of different language learning platforms. Mm-hmm. And there was Rosetta Stone, Babbel um duolingo and like three other that i never heard of but he hated rosetta stone he absolutely hated. yeah he said this is this is terrible he he really did not like it um duolingo he said it was really really fun Mm -hmm. um and he got where it was coming from but he felt like it was really pushing too much at the repetitiveness of learning a language Right. Um, like you see a lot of the same stuff in like five different lessons in a row. Yeah. So it's really pushing harder that repetitiveness instead of varying it out, which I think are two different ways. And I can't really speak on which is better mm-hmm. um, to learn a language. And then he went to Babbel, which I believe is Duolingo's basically direct competitor. Right. Um, and that was almost the other side of the. It was too varied. It was. He, he said he really liked it. Right. Um, but it was very like at the end of a lesson, the lesson seemed shorter to me, but at the end of the lesson, you knew you like learned a whole conversation. Right. Yeah. Um, I've heard a lot of good stuff about an app um, called Timsler, which is apparently beginner oriented and it, it's really conversation it. focused, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, this one guy on YouTube, he knows like eight languages or something. Cause I wanted to learn a language at one point. Right. <laughs> That's a dream. Anyway. Um, uh, apparently like Pimsler and and this one other app that i forget but those are like all you need to get to the intermediate level of pretty much any language apparently so yeah it it really like steps up a notch when you're trying to build fluency in a language like it's easy it's relatively easy hardcore mode (laughs) yeah it's relatively easy to memorize um like the meaning of words and like like stuff like that, right? Right. And like kind of sentence structure, but like really with grammar and and accents and stuff like that, it really just messes with people's head a lot. Yeah, when you're trying to get to the point where you can like live there comfortably. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy actually becoming fluent 
in a spoken language. Anyway, so how long have you been learning French? Probably only like a month now. Maybe Do you not feel even. like you've made Actually, probably like two and a half weeks. Um, yeah, I I know more now than, than what I knew when we started. <laughs> I can say, uh, I just got back into it. So I, I took like probably a three day break because I like started a new job. Right. And so I had to really get into the whole structure of that. But, um, one that, oh, dude, I don't know if I'm going to do it right, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll try. So it's, it's, I am. It'll be I am a man, we can say. This is just a really easy one. Right. And it's going to be je suis home. That je sounded perfect home. to me. I know, right? Thanks, Heston. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I can rely on your advice to really, You're welcome. To really polish my French. Um, but yeah, it's really... I, I find it really satisfying, rewarding when... Like I, like I just said, I took like a three-day break. I didn't really touch French at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came back and I did the lessons, did some lessons and I really knew the basics. Like I knew, right. I recognized a lot of words and what they meant. And that I think really shows you when you've actually learned something is when you come back to it and you're like, oh, this is still stuck in my head. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like I still have this memorized. That's really rewarding, um, and really motivating. Well, that's great. I wish you, you much luck with progress. language learning. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's something I've been trying to do for a while, but it's such a big commitment almost. Because <laughs> like you yeah, said, you take is. a three-day break and you're not used to speaking it. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, the I pronunciation don't remember any of this. Goes. Like, I, I recognize words and I know what they mean, but pronunciation just is flat out wrong a lot right. of the time. Yeah. Um, and so, that goes with the fluency. Like learning, really getting that down, just shit sucks. Yeah, I would love to learn a language one day, but I think that that's such a big commitment, which... There's a lot of things like that in my life right now. And I think that a lot of people are like that where it's like, oh, if I just had a little bit more time or if I just get to this stage, right. then I'll do this. Absolutely. And for me, it's the point where it's like, I want to actually get to that stage. I want to just, my goal is to become financially free to the point where I've got passive income and don't have to work all day mm-hmm. um, to make, you know, a certain level of money each, uh, each month or each year. And, mm. and then I can do all these other things that I've been putting off for a long time. And that's kind of my goal currently. Right. Yeah. Once I think once a lot of people find like for me personally, like once you find a, like you dip your toes into success, like you find a little bit of Mm -hmm. that, that stuff that you've been looking for your entire life. Right. Then you like go haywire. You know what I mean? You're like, Oh dude, I'm going to, I'm going to move to Florida and I'm going to go on, I'm going to go on the keys and I'm just going to, buy a huge mansion is how much do I need to save up for that? Okay. So I can't afford it on my current job. Good to know. (laughs) So here's the thing. I'm already one step ahead. I can't live in any big countries, but guess what? I got the Island lifestyle. (laughs) I've lived in the Island lifestyle my whole life. Uh, If you have no money. (laughs) (laughs) Expensive as hell. It's true. So, But with Bermuda, I don't know how this balances out. It's definitely more expensive than like somewhere like the States, but uh, it depends on where you live. But yes, isn't there, there's also a higher pay generally, right? Am I right about that? Um, there's the potential to make more money, but so there's kind of two different markets in Bermuda. There's like the local market mm-hmm. and then there's the exempt company market. So what that basically is, is um, 
big companies from overseas, like uh, mainly accounting and insurance firms, um, Deloitte, um, Chubb, like some big companies that if you're in that area, you would have heard of, they have offices here. And uh, they often hire people from overseas and they fly them in and they pay them like half a million dollars a year or more. Um, And there's a lot of insurance firms like that here in Bermuda as well that pay Mm -hmm. really, really big money. So there's a lot of money moving around in Bermuda because a lot of people have money. Now there's the other side, there's the local side where you really aren't getting paid as much money. I think that the median annual wage for a Bermudian is a Bermudian household is $65,000 a year or so. Wow. So it's not that much, um, but it is like livable kind of. (laughs) Right. Um, The good thing about Bermuda is that there are a lot of emerging opportunities though, if you know how to take advantage of them. Mm -hmm. And if you have some semblance of help around you, then you can really take advantage of different markets that just haven't been explored here at all yet, because obviously we're so small. Yeah, I mean, that's almost exactly what you're doing with Chefin, right? Well, yeah, or pretty much. There's one, there's, there's one yeah, direct there's competitor. Like one direct competitor, but really the market is fairly empty right now. Yeah, um, I've basically just had somebody do a, a half-assed beta test for me to prove that yep. there's people who are interested. <laughs> Right, but here, I mean, another subscription, a food subscription box probably would just flop well, instantly. you know, it depends. I kind of wonder, because I think that if you try and start the next HelloFresh, it would be difficult. Then right. there's a lot of competition. You're fighting against big guys. But if you just start a local food delivery or a local farm delivery service or you do, you know, you, you do a niche thing, I think that there's still the potential in the U.S. to make a lot of money. Granted, I don't really know what the market is like. Um but I think that if you can do something local and convenient, then there's still a, a possible market for something like what I'm doing or for a lot of other things. Yeah, I see your point there. I think um, that goes for a lot of like building a business mm-hmm. where instead of starting big, right, maybe starting online, shipping internationally or shipping nationally or whatever, like I think really finding success in, in your local community and basically gathering the funding essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then growing from there once you're actually successful yes. is is really underrated. Like I don't think a lot of people think of that for their niche of business. You know it's I mean? interesting. So I completely agree. I read yesterday, I was reading Jeff Bezos's last shareholder letter to his to Amazon shareholders as CEO. Mm-hmm. He's retiring from being the CEO. So that's the last annual shareholder letter that he will write. Um and in it, at the end, he apparently always attaches the 1997, or is it, yeah, 1997 shareholder letter, the first shareholder letter after Amazon went public. They hadn't even started selling other things yet. They were still just an online bookstore. He attaches that after every letter? Yeah. So okay. that's, he, he like tags it on to the end of the, the shareholder letter. He right. attaches that one, the first one. And in it, he talks about how, (laughs) it's pretty funny, he talks about how the team thinks that there might be potential to uh, start selling other products online, and how (laughs) they recently went from 115 employees to 600 employees, and how they have 1.5 million customers online now, and how they have uh, 200,000 books in their catalog and stuff. It's really interesting how small they started. Exactly. We, We really dehumanize trillion dollar companies almost you know what i mean Mm -hmm. where it's like 
like Amazon was a relatively quick success. Yeah, 25 but, years, 25 years. But I mean, years. the guy quit his job and started a company that, that nobody like really thought of starting. You know right. what I mean? And he, he built it off the ground and built it into one of the biggest companies in the world. Like it's Amazon. <laughs> you know what's crazy? He must have. It was he started it during the dot com boom. He must have gotten multi million dollar sale offers. Probably. That he had to turn down. Once he started finding maybe even like a little bit of success, yeah. I bet. That takes a lot of effort. I mean to be yeah, able to turn imagine that down. imagine having the vision to take something like an online bookstore and turn it into Amazon. <laughs> I mean, they it's do like, everything. Yes, they sell pretty much. Like, I, I can't really name something that Amazon doesn't sell. Not only that, but they have two completely different sides of the business. They have the e-commerce online you know, retailer side, and then they have a whole cloud services side. They have an yeah, entirely and, different side of the business and that they does have, something completely different. And they have the, uh, is it Whole Foods they bought? Yeah, and they're expanding. Yeah. They've bought Whole Foods. They are investing a lot into Rivian, I believe it is, the autonomous driving vehicles. They're ah. about investing a lot into, um, I believe they acquired Rivian. Uh, they're investing heavily into they renewable energy. Twitch. They, yeah, they own Twitch. So they're, I mean, this is what big companies do to get big and stay big. They have to invest in lots of different fields. Right. Like Twitch is nothing like Amazon. You know right. what I mean? It's a completely, they've completely expanded into a completely different genre there. But that's what you got to do. Because really, I mean, what else are you going to do really when you're Amazon? You know? The thing is, is that Twitch isn't nothing like Amazon. Because now... They're part of Amazon, and Amazon just is Twitch. Amazon is Amazon Prime. Well, yeah, video. with Prime Gaming and stuff like that, and yeah, they aren't just an e-commerce platform anymore, which is so cool. And that's how you have to start and think about it. I think. Right. I mean, name Amazon's competitor. Uh, I would think Walmart, and it is Apple. probably the biggest one. I Walmart. think Apple is a big competitor. I don't think um, Apple really, because I mean, see, like Apple and Samsung. But like Amazon is so like sure they're both product based. I think Amazon retail companies, but I think Amazon's biggest competitors are going to be Walmart, yeah, Apple, and Google. I think Walmart is their biggest. I believe like that's that, that's the one that Amazon fear right. like you know quote unquote fears the most. So I think that they are di their biggest direct competitor because obviously they're both e commerce giants, right? But I think that like we're talking about where big companies expand into every industry, I think it's completely reasonable to assume that one day Apple will be selling things, will be doing e-commerce or will be, you know, launching their own cloud hosting software or doing this or that. And I, I think that that's a really reasonable assumption. I'd say, I don't know, actually. I don't know well, if I'd agree with that because well, think I think they're going to go a different direction, right? Amazon is really almost everyday consumer based you know they have twitch with you know everybody you know tons of people watch twitch right people mm -hmm. hop on and get on twitch they have amazon people hop on and buy products whether it's you know a, a relatively nice pair of sunglasses or a really cheap t-shirt oh do you want to hear a really cool statistic sure from jeff bezos the average amazon purchase happens in under three minutes apparently wow from start to finish so people see a product, 
Oh, no, I see what you mean. Like, huh. They get on the website, find something, click buy, and then they're done. I mean, that really puts into per- perspective how much money they're making. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, if, if that's the average, that's how like that's, that's crazy. How, that's how fast it goes from a one person logging onto the website to basically like closing which means if that's the average that means that there are a lot of people that are doing it way faster than that yes well i buy kindle books all the time and all i have to do is go on amazon it's buy with one click and it's automatically in my library right because i think a lot of people like me including including me like you think of a product you want to buy and you're like oh let me go on amazon and see if it's there and buy it yes like i don't know it takes five minutes max (laughs) yeah Especially for someone like you who just has Amazon Prime, it's next day delivery. Right. right. It's so simple. Because because why, you know, the only other thing that's more convenient than that is going out and getting something now. And sometimes that, like, the thought of that That's not even more convenient. Right. It's not more convenient. It's quicker, but it's not more convenient. And some, like, like, you'd never, if you see a product of a company, like a company selling something on Amazon you'd rarely ever go to that company's website and buy from them instead mm-hmm. because it's going to be slower shipping. It's going to get there less fast. Mm-hmm. Like I have, I have, I can probably name one company that ships as fast as Amazon and it's not some independent product company, right? Like it's not a clothing company that just sells their own clothes. It's another like bo- boutique almost that sells a bunch of different companies stuff. So this is a really interesting thing from the shareholder letter mm. where you say that it's quicker and it's quicker to go out and buy something, which is technically true. You'll have your product faster. Right. But I want to read you this because it really demonstrates how Jeff Bezos's brain works and how I think Amazon's grown so big in general and how a lot of other businesses can use this to grow big. So... It's in the create more than you consume uh, section. And he is basically talking about how Amazon creates a lot more value in the world than they consume. Even if their profits are large, even if their revenue is huge, they're creating a lot more value. So he's uh, going to break it down how how much... money they are creating, how much value they're creating for their customers and, and, um, and their employees and stuff. So he says, first for customers, we have to break it down into customer, uh, consumer customers and AWS customers. So consumer is their e-commerce section and AWS is their cloud services section and all that. So he says, we'll do consumers first. We offer low prices, vast selection and fast delivery. But imagine we ignore all of that and for the purpose of this estimate and value only one thing, we save customers time. Customers complete 28% of purchases on Amazon in three minutes or less, and half of all purchase, purchases are finished in less than 15 minutes. So I might have slightly gotten that wrong, but <laughs> 30% are in less than three minutes. Mm-hmm. Compare that to typical shopping trip to a physical store, driving, parking, searching store aisles, waiting in the checkout line, finding your car and driving home. Uh, so one thing to remember is that he actually includes um, like grocery store sales and stuff, like grocery shopping mm-hmm. in that uh, 15 minute purchases. So a lot of people are purchasing their entire week's groceries in under 15 minutes, which I think is pretty cool. Anyway. That is actually quite profound, honestly. <laughs> like uh, research crazy. suggests that the typical physical store trip takes about an hour. If you assume that a typical Amazon purchase takes 15 minutes, 
and that it saves you a couple of trips to a physical store a week. That's more than 75 hours a year saved. That's important. We're all busy in the early 21st century. So that we can get a dollar figure, let's value the time savings at $10 per hour, which is conservative. 75 hours multiplied by 10 an hour and subtracting the cost of Prime gives you a value creation for each Prime member of about $630. We have 200 million Prime members for a total of in 2020 of $126 billion in value creation. And that's just in saving him time, just in saving his consumers time. I think that's really, really cool. That's He's actually creating billions and billions of dollars for their customers. Yeah. Saving them billions and billions of dollars. Not even just saving, like creating them. They can use that time to go and do something else now. Yeah, instead of spend their money. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, that's... Yeah. He, he brings up a really good point there on, on the time that he's saving, right? Because what I said earlier was that technically you get your product quicker mm-hmm. when you go out. But I think you really need a deep dive into why the average person shops Mm -hmm. and I think it's less about the product they're getting and more about the feeling they're getting of course right because you know sure people are going to say oh my spatula just broke I need to go buy a new one right Right? so they run to Walmart and they get a spatula because they're cooking tonight right but I think most of the time somebody's like oh I just got paid I'm going to go buy something on, you know, go to the store or go buy something on Amazon. So which gives you that like dopamine flux quicker? You know what I hit. mean? Because yeah. buying which gives stuff, you the dopamine hit. Yeah, which because buying stuff is satisfying. It feels good. You know, yes. waiting for a package to arrive, unboxing that, it feels great. Like it feels like you've accomplished something. Yes. And so that's, I think, really what's more important, honestly. And Amazon are masters of that. They've mastered yeah. that process. So one thing that ties in with all that is he mentions how much money he's saving customers, like Amazon is saving customers mm-hmm. or making their customers. What he doesn't mention is an estimation of how much more people are spending because Amazon is so quick. <laughs> and I think that that would also be really interesting. <laughs> That'd be an interesting statistic to read. Yeah. Are people spending more money because they can just go on Amazon and quickly buy something? Right. I mean, Heston, I get like giddy when I have an Amazon package <laughs> arriving. Like it'll be, I'm checking hourly, like day of arrival. I'm checking hourly to see it's arrived because I'm upstairs in my house. So I don't like have a direct knowledge of what packages arrive and when. And so I'm just checking all the time and I'm always tracking the package. I'll be playing games and I have like the package tracker (laughs) on my second monitor. I'm I'm like, is it here? And I always get disappointed when it's not. Does it, wait, does your Amazon uh, package tracker show you exactly where it is? Uh, when it starts getting close, usually when I'm like five deliveries out, then it'll show me where the truck is. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. One time this truck, I think it had like mountain bike gloves in it. It was my package. Mm-hmm. Um, and this truck, I was tracking it and it was like two stops out of my neighborhood, but then it had some stops in my neighborhood. I was like, okay. And so I went back to it and it was in my neighborhood and then I closed and went back to it again and it was out of my neighborhood. And gone into my neighboring neighborhood. And I was like, that's weird. My package is not here. (laughs) And then once it was done in my neighboring neighborhood, it came back to mine just to drop off my package. It was like, oh shit, we forgot this. Yeah, they either forgot or like the, you know, the automated route was messed up. Because I'm pretty sure like at least Amazon places have 
you know, all the packages you have in your truck in its system. And then right. it shows you like what stops to make, I'm pretty sure. Right. Like, I don't think that's all in the delivery man's head. Yeah. So. That's, that's another thing that's going to be interesting for me specifically is figuring out how to easily do deliveries and find mm. locations and stuff. Yeah. Um, that's going to be something that's a bit challenging, I think, but it'll be fun to figure out. Yeah. You have a lot of things to look forward to. I do. I think this is going to be great. I think so. And I'm excited for you to come down and help me. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have a good time. <laughs> I'm going to put you to work. Free right, labor. Right after, right after we swim. I agree. Uh, what's going to happen is we're going to be out in the boat and I'm going to have an employee doing the work for me and I'm just going to be making money. <laughs> no, no. Say, what's going to happen is we're going to be out on the boat. You're going to be like, oh, God, we got to get to land. I got to yeah. deal with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going to leave me in the water and I'm just going to be like, okay, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just breaststroke back. It's fine. I'll, I'll just swim. <laughs> A backstroke and enjoy the scenery. <laughs> well, I really app I appreciate you coming on today. It's always fun. Thanks, Aiden. It's great to have you.